is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Today on the show, we are going to hear from our senior NFL columnist, Pete Prisco. He'll give you some awesome NFL analysis that might help your fantasy team. We're going to talk about what you do. If you have some Eagles, if you're planning on starting some Eagles and they clinch the one seed before their game, we'll recap the waiver wire, do some hay real quick, and make some tough calls for Week 16, and we'll introduce Heath Cummings. What up, Heath? You and me today, buddy. Let's carry it. Let's uh, carry people to their championship today. Very excited. It's really the only two people they need. Yeah, right? You and me. I've been lobbying for that all year. Yes, yeah. yes. This is going to be uh, probably the best show of the year, and I could not be more excited Championship games, best ball leagues coming down to the wire. This week is going to be awesome. Take me through that best ball league uh, coming down to the wire thing, because I'm not in any of those. But I'd like to start doing those next season. I'm in 41 of them. Right, and so all you do is draft, and that's it. Yes, just draft. And then I, I'll check in on my teams occasionally and just see how I'm doing. And what I... Uh, I've got nine teams... That are within 40 points of winning it all. And they end week 16. Okay. And so I've, I, I've got a little spreadsheet with like, what players do I need to do well? What players do my opponents have? It's kind of like a championship game. It's just you're either starting with a 10 or 20 point advantage. There's one of them that over the whole season, 2300 points have been scored and there is one point separating first and second. Wow. So it's just a championship game. How week many, 16. how many people are on your team? How many players? 20. 20. So how many quarterbacks do you start? So you, like, how many quarterbacks? Three? You still, well, it's a typical lineup. Uh huh. It's one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, and a defense. No kickers. But you have all these players and then you but pick I have, the best one. The part of the strategy behind it is how many quarterbacks do you draft? Uh-huh. I, two or three. How many running backs? How many wide receivers? I will be drafting three tight ends from this point forward after this disaster of a three tight end season. Um, and then I have three defenses on most teams, and, and whichever only the one best d- score counts. Right. Okay. Right. So the best two running backs counts. The best three wide right. receivers. The best score. Right. So it's fun. I mean, it's fun, and it's uh, you know no waivers or anything like that. There are definitely going to be some injuries, but you'll be able to. You have twenty men rosters, so should be able to you know make up for it. But uh, that's cool. Right, I can definitely do some best ball next season. Now there's a scenario that is less realistic now. Good good news for all of the people who want to start their Eagles this week on Monday night against the Raiders. If the Packers somehow beat the Vikings, the, the Eagles have the one seed. Uh and that game's on Saturday, the Packers Vikings game's on Saturday. So if the Packers beat the Vikings on Saturday, the Eagles clinch the number 1 seed even before their week 16 game. But Aaron Rodgers is on IR, Brett Hundley's playing. And I was talking with a buddy last night who's worried about this very scenario. I said, I guarantee you the Vikings are going to win the game. He's like, I don't know. Oh, what if they no. – I said, I guarantee – Why said, did you do this? Would you, he said, would you bet your career on it? I said, I would bet my career on it. The Vikings are going to beat the Packers with Brett Hundley. That was a terrible idea, and you've changed my opinion a little bit. But I don't really think it's relevant. And I know everybody's talking about it. I've got a ton of tweets about it. We need to discuss it. This is why we don't play Week 17. I think this is a real risk in Week 17. But Nick Foles has played all of one football game with this offense. Right, I agree. You don't want to sit him two weeks in a row and a bye when he has one game under his belt. I do not expect that the outcome of the Minnesota game, and I, I could be wrong, I don't think that game will impact Philadelphia in Week 16. Week 17, yes. They're so, not going to re- re- rest Nick Foles two weeks in a row when he's played one game with these guys. No, and, and really it would be three weeks in a row since they'll have a bye. Right. And I did read an interesting article on phillyvoice.com, and the article said, as we noted last week, over the last ten years by my count, nine teams have locked up the number one seed prior to week 17 and rested their starters. They had a combined record of three and six in their first playoff game. Other number one seeds who played their starters week 17 went nine and two in their first playoff game. So I thought that was very interesting. But then the article went on to say, 
that what what they would recommend doing is has nothing to do with the Eagles, just what the you know author of the article would recommend is sitting the Eagles starters in week sixteen, playing them in week seventeen. Uh, so that would be kind of crazy. We've never seen that before. But Doug Peterson apparently is a bit of a wild card. Bottom line is just root for the root for the Vikings. I guarantee. I bet my career on it. They're going to win. They're going to beat the Packers, and this won't be an issue. And then we'll go from there. Like, what is the payoff on this? You betting your career? Like, what happens if the Vikings lose now? Well, we have to switch careers. Uh, me and the guy who ha- made that bet. So that's fine. So you'll have a new host to this show next year, and I'll be in in finance of some sorts. So, uh, better better brush up, better better buy like a finance for dummies book uh, before Saturday's game. All right, Heath, let's take a look at the waiver wire and just recap. I don't want to recap yesterday's show, but take a look at what fantasy owners are doing right now. Martavis Bryant's the number one most added player. He's at Houston this week. Uh, the Bears DST is number two. Keelan Cole is number three. Mike Wallace, four. Ben Watson, five. So you got Martavis Bryant, Keelan Cole, and Mike Wallace in the top four. And your favorite this week would be who? You know, it's interesting. Oh, for a receiver, it would be Wallace. Well, I already had a thought in my head about the defense thing. It was something weird that happens that happens often. I had pretty I had ranked the Cardinals ahead of the Bears and decided the Cardinals were the defense I wanted to get until I went to fill out my own waiver wire claims on Tuesday night. And I was like, "You know what? I'd rather have the Bears." Okay. <laughs> so I had to go change had to go change my rankings. All right. Probably can still get them. The Bears are now 68% on. The Bears have had three good games in a row as I mentioned yesterday and and a great matchup against Cleveland. Uh, but you like Wallace the best. And, and you like, who's gonna be a better Pittsburgh wide receiver this week? Martavis or Juju? I like Juju better. Um, Martavis probably has a little bit more boom potential. Yeah. But Juju feels just a little bit safer. Okay. And I, I like both of them as, as starting options. It's, it's interesting. We've got quite a, uh, divergence in our Ben Roethlisberger rankings this week, but I guess we won't argue that today. Uh, we won't argue that today. We will talk about that today. It's one of our tough calls. Um, yeah, and uh, I look at Keelan Cole as a bit risky. You just because what if Marquise Lee plays? Like that's probably not going to happen. Um, but he did get good news on his MRI, and he's expected to return for the playoffs, if not sooner. That was the latest from Ian Rappaport. But, yeah, probably not going to get Marquis Lee. And I'm, what if Alan Hearns plays? I don't know. But we were expecting D.D. Westbrook to have that huge game last week. He didn't. If it's D.D. this week, maybe it's not Cole. Maybe it's two guys again. But Cole makes makes me a little nervous. I understand picking him up for sure. Yeah, he's, I don't like him as much as Wallace, but he's in the same category as Martavis for me this week. Okay. Ben Watson, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure people don't want to trust their fantasy playoffs to Ben Watson, but it's a You don't matchup. have to. Either Ebron's out there, Brait's out there, Charles Clay's out there. I'd rather have all three. You know who who we had did not talk about is James White. And what if you saw James White on your waiver wire? He's only 64% owned. And, look, he's been very uninvolved lately. But before Rex Burkhead came back, he was getting five or more catches a game, James White. Yeah, I I do think he's a decent flex. The thing is, there's in most leagues, there's only two teams playing this week. You probably don't have a spot for James White in your starting lineup. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, we know that the Bills give up the most fantasy points to running backs. It's mostly ground. Uh, in the air, they're, you know, they're decent. Actually, a little bit above average in the passing game. And I just want to take a look at what the Patriots running backs did. Uh, they did a great job. I mean, Rex Burkhead had three catches for 25 yards. James White had four for 32. So, I mean, I guess in theory, he could get a 50-yard game receiving. So that's just an interesting guy. James White is 64% owned, and if you need someone, especially in PPR, you figure his role should increase with Rex Burkhead out. I don't know. Oh, oh uh, Pittsburgh DST Heath was added in 3% of leagues. They've been really bad four weeks in a row, and only one of those weeks has been you know, a tough matchup last week against New England. I'm not sure I trust them against the Houston Texans. I don't really want to trust them um, either. I have a hard time imagining a situation where I'm picking them up for the championship game, but there may be 3% of leagues where it's week 17, so there's four teams left, and you streamed Buffalo last week. I'd rather have Pittsburgh than Buffalo this week. 
And then Antonio Gates is 8% owned. Would you rather have Antonio Gates this week or Ben Watson? I would rather have Gates. Dave and Jamie, I think, both like Watson better. Okay. All right, so Gates is an option for you. 8% owned at the Jets this week. Hunter Henry out for the season. Let's read our email of the day. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. This is from Craig in Portland. It says, hey, some combination. The wife and I are expecting our first child this weekend, and I'm expecting to win my 10-team league championship. I'd like your input on his name. So pick one. You ever? This is a big responsibility, Heath. Have you ever named a non-Heath baby? Uh, I think I've had many named after me, but <laughs> I've never chosen the name. Okay. All right, so here are the four choices that we're getting from Craig. Colton, Axel, Sawyer, Hudson. Colton, it, Craig, Axel, Sawyer, Hudson. Craig, it would have been very helpful had you given us your last name. That would be a big factor in selecting the first name. Let me see if I can let me see if I can get that for you. Um, I I'm going to do away with Sawyer. Miller, it's Miller. Miller. Uh huh. Let um, me read them all. Let me read them. Colton Miller, Axel Miller, Sawyer Miller, Hudson Miller. I I'm partial to Hudson because that's my son's middle name. Okay. So I'm gonna go with Hudson. Uh, Colton would be my second choice. That is my my brother's name is Colt. So. So I was going to say Hudson, and I did a Twitter poll to help you out, Craig. And I have, as of now, I did it this morning. I have 1,200 votes. 34% say Hudson. 27% say Colton. 23% Sawyer. 16% Axel. I was gonna say Hudson, but but now that I know Miller, I think Colton Miller is a better is a better name than Sawyer than uh, Hudson Miller. The will, the thing I will say about Hudson, Craig, because I went through this 18 years ago with my daughter is we picked the name Caitlin because we thought it was really pretty and nobody was using it. And everyone that year and for the next five years named their daughter Caitlin, and everyone was a Caitlin. That same thing is happening with Hudson <laughs> over the next big. couple of years. Hudson's big, yeah. So I, I just think it's got to be Colton. Don't think it's unique. I, I think, I'm going Colton here. Colton Adam Miller would be a, a great name, or Azer Miller would be awesome too. Azer's a cool yeah. middle name. I'm just going to say it. Uh, now let's help Craig with something more important, his fantasy lineup. Bench one, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm benching McCaffrey, even if it's PPR. Whew, boy. I mean, these guys are great options. And McCaff- yeah. McCaffrey is a great I mean, the, the Buccaneers are so bad against pass-catching running backs, but I guess you have to do it. You have to bench McCaffrey. Congratulations on your championship, Craig, and yeah. uh, good luck with Hudson. The Zeke owner dropped... The Zeke owner dropped Zeke. So Craig, yeah. Colton's dad, picked up Zeke and now has him on his team. The Zeke owner dropped Zeke in our auction league, and I picked him up, and I've added him to my roster for this week. Very good. And who are you starting Zeke over? Um, Jamal Williams. So it's yeah, pretty easy. That's a good one. All right, news and notes. So Aaron Rodgers is on IR. Brett Hundley will start. And I'm going to assume there are no Packers you want to start this week. Jamal Williams is an okay flex. Against the Vikings? He's an okay flex. Well, he's going to he, be more involved yeah. in the passing game again now. Right, right. So that'll help. And I I think Randall Cobb is a low-end flex as well. Okay, and we'll see about uh, Devontae Adams. He's still in the concussion protocol. But he's been very good with Brett Hundley. Antonio Brown's been ruled out for Week 16, not a surprise. And we, you still don't expect Brown for Week 17, right? No, not at all. Denver has not made a quarterback decision yet. They're at Washington. We would like to see Brock Osweiler at quarterback for the sake of Demarius Thomas. Yep. Steelers signed Steven Ridley. Doesn't really matter. Thomas Davis's suspension was reduced to one game. They're at Atlanta next week. Hunter Henry is on IR with a lacerated kidney. Tom Savage is on IR, so TJ Yates will remain Houston's starting quarterback, facing Pittsburgh this week and the Colts next week. Heath, do you expect the following players? Leonard Fournette. Yes. Chris Ivory. No. Tevin Coleman. No. Damian Williams. No. Uh, Marquise Lee. No. Alan Hearns. No. Chris Hogan. No. Amari Cooper. No. Emmanuel Sanders. No. All right. Remember to stay tuned. At the end of the show, the last about 17 minutes or so, will be the Pete Prisco interview. He sat down with me, Heath, and Dave on yesterday's show. Or before yesterday's show, we're going to air that today. It's very interesting. He'll tell you about a wide receiver that he thinks is playing hurt. He'll tell you what to expect from Dak Prescott against the Seahawks secondary. Um, also, 
it's not too late to get a Christmas present or a holiday present for somebody. And if you want to get them some awesome gear, go to cbssports.com slash gift, cbssports.com slash gift. You can save 15% on any purchase of $75 or more if you use the promo code CBS Fantasy. The promo code is CBS Fantasy. The URL is cbsports.com slash gift. All the latest team gear and accessories, cbsports.com slash gift. And one more time, the promo code is CBS Fantasy for 15% off a purchase of $75 or more. If you go and do that, um, then, you know, then they might, the, the CBS people might give me a free turnover chain or a t-shirt with a turnover chain on it. So, you know, help me, help me get that. That'd be nice. Okay. Everybody in? Great. Hey, real quick. He, oh no, actually, uh, before hey, real quick, give me a, a 2017 performance that you think you're going to be skeptical about in 2018. I was not aware you were going to ask me one. I was preparing to respond to the one you gave. Okay. So why don't you give yours first? I'll respond to it and then give you one. For some reason, I just don't understand why Julio Jones has only had one season with more than eight touchdowns. He only has three this year. Right. I think he could have a 12-touchdown year. I, I really oh, do. And when he does, he's going to be arguably the most valuable player in fantasy, arguably. So I'm not buying this lack of touchdowns thing for Julio. There will probably be a little bit of an overreaction to it. Well, I think he'll be like the eighth pick in the draft or something. And I still think he's a clear top five. Hmm, I guess I have to really consider the running backs. I think he's a to clear, end, clear top three wide receiver. I think you're making an interesting point. Because, and I saw somebody tweet this yesterday, that the first eight picks might be running backs. Or seven of the first eight picks might be running backs. So the one thing I might be skeptical of going into next year is that all running backs are more valuable than all receivers again, like they were three years ago. Or was this just another year where things were a little bit of an outlier? Yeah, it's Um, it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. If you want to go ahead and talk about that, but I think we should talk about the running back thing. But go ahead. Yes, uh, Julio Jones, I agree with you on. And if he just had, like he's averaged in complete seasons seven touchdowns per year, which yeah. is weird. But if he had seven touchdowns right now, he'd be the number three wide receiver in fantasy. If he had six touchdowns right now, he'd be the number three wide receiver in fantasy. Yeah. So even if you just think he's going to be a seven to eight touchdown guy, he's a top three wide receiver, period. I the think guy that, I'll say the, the unfortunate is, thing though for Julio, sorry Heath, is that the the 250 yard game is sort of dragging is is pulling his numbers up, pushing them up, and I think fantasy owners have been pretty frustrated with him, you know, because like other than that game, it's and a few others, he's had he's four games with double digit fantasy points this year. You don't expect that from a top five guy. I I understand that. A lot of the guys that are in front of him are fairly similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. The number three wide receiver in fantasy right now is Tyreek Hill. Yeah. A bad Which year for receivers. Absurd. Yeah. Um, I will say Carson Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> Pre- pretty easy one for me. Uh, it's the reverse touchdown situation, obviously. Uh, he's got a 7.5% TD rate. I would expect that's probably closer to five next year. So if he doesn't get huge volume because they're a very good team, He's going to fall to where he's more of a low-end top 10 quarterback mm. instead of a top five guy. I disagree. I think we're, I look forward to having this discussion over the next months. Uh, you know, however many. I, I think he's going to have more volume next year. I think that's got to be the main premise of my argument. They realize what they've got in Carson Wentz. I see, I, have a question. I see a superstar. So I think the Eagles will too. Right. What if Nick Foles did what he did last week again this week? I think that it would only encourage me because it means the system is so good. And, you know, Doug Peterson's doing a great job. That's what it would mean to me. And So uh, yeah. it wouldn't change your opinion of Carson Wentz being a superstar? No, not really, because I think you look at him and compare him to Nick Foles. Carson Wentz is like the prototype. I don't know what Nick Foles' height is, but Carson Wentz is tall. He's got a cannon. He's a much better arm than Nick Foles. And he gives you the rushing yards. You know, that's kind of like that's something that has made Aaron Rodgers really valuable. These sneaky rushing yards. Not, Nick Foles is six five, just like Carson Wentz. Okay, well, I mean, they're both very tall, but Carson Wentz has the great height. 
I'm not, it doesn't matter what Foles is. He's got everything you look for in a quarterback. He's much more mobile than Foles and he has a much better arm. So if Foles goes out and does a really good job in this system with these players, I got no reason to think that Carson Wentz can't do that again. And I think that, you know, maybe they get, maybe they get another pass catching running back in there. They get that element going into their game a little bit more. They don't really have that with Sproles out. Um, I just, I think the sky's the limit for him. I think we're looking at uh, a guy that's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for years to come. And if it's because of the system, I don't think it is, but he's still going to be in that system. So I'm not, I wouldn't be discouraged at all if Nick Foltz goes out and does really well. Okay. I would expect that he's uh, pretty closer to Matt Ryan. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing with Ryan is that, you know, he, he hadn't been, he had one year, I think with like a top five finish before last year. And he had been a pretty disappointing quarterback, but you did see the skills. You get the rushing yards though from from Carson Wentz. You might get two extra fantasy points per game in rushing from Carson Wentz. And um, I guess that you know you can look at what happened last year with Ryan, and there was an explanation for it. It was sure a little bit of luck with the stats, but also second year in Shanahan's offense, and they got their center Alex Mack, and he changed their team. I can see Brian bouncing back next year in the second year under Sarkeesian. But right now they're running like a stripped-down version of last year's offense, and it's not working for him. Anyway, Heath. Hey, real quick, 2018. Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz? Um, I'll probably rank Watson higher. Okay. Hey, I, I, I might too. <laughs> yeah, I I would say it's gonna, they're going to be really close. And I'm skeptical of Watson's performance also, but being skeptical of his performance is being skeptical of 40 fantasy points a game. Yeah. Last five games, 24, 41, 45, 29, and 40 fantasy points. And like he had some tough matchups in there, but he was scoring 40 fantasy points. And then he did it at Seattle when Seattle still had a great pass defense. It's pretty incredible. Uh, coming off, both are coming off significant injuries. Watson, more time to heal. Uh, hey, real quick, 2018. Jimmy Graham or O.J. Howard? Uh, does Cameron Brait still exist? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Graham pretty easily. I hope that O.J. Howard isn't like, well, I mean, you could look at Hunter Henry and this is his second year. He's clearly the guy. Now, Brait, Brait's a lot younger than Gates. <laughs> um, but I just wonder, like, O.J. Howard might just be a stud, you know, maybe, maybe Brait goes to the wayside. Well, I, I see here in the notes that you're citing some point per target statistics. Yeah, they're pretty, they're fairly useless. Um, I, I used that argument, uh, a couple of years ago for Tyler Lockett, who had one of the greatest rookie years ever on a point per target basis. <laughs> uh, it's very difficult to take point per target with l- low volume and expect that to mean anything with good volume. And there's no guarantee that Howard's going to get good volume next year. How about the fact that Jimmy Graham is averaging 8.9 yards per catch? It's down about five yards, 5.3 yards per catch from last year. It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean that's part of this too. You know, I'm concerned about Jimmy Graham. Like, what's the excuse now? This was the year where he was fully healthy, and he's top five tight end. He's had a great year for you in fantasy, but he's not. He's just touchdowns. He's just touchdowns. Uh, and this is coming with Russell Wilson having his career season. So I, I don't know. Um, Looks like looks like Jimmy Graham is on the way down. But he's going to take Graham over Howard. All right. Adam Thielen or Mike Evans next year? Hey, real quick, Adam Thielen or Mike Evans? I would guess that I will go back to Mike Evans. Like, this is an every other year thing for him, right? So yeah. he's going to be awesome next year? <laughs> yes. Sure. Um, But, yeah, Thielen has increased his stock maybe more than any other wide receiver this season. Thielen He's is uh, number nine in uh, in standard, number seven in PPR. You do have to wonder if he'll be as good with Bridgewater. You do have to wonder if Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback. You do have to wonder that as well. <laughs> it's true. I'll trust Mike Evans. Okay. He's going with Mike Evans. Let's do some tough calls for Fantasy Week 16. Start with Demarius Thomas. All right. Three games with Brock Osweiler. 70 yards and a touchdown, 44 yards and a touchdown, 64 yards and a touchdown, 13, 10, and 12 fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. And good in PPR. He had five or more catches in all three games. Didn't have a lot of yards, but catches, touchdowns were there. Uh, five for, five catches for 18 yards with Paxton Lynch starting in week 12. Trevor Simeon eventually replaced him, but Lynch was awful in that game. 
So Demarius Thomas is at Washington. They were great against wide receivers for most of the year. They haven't been over the last, I don't know, five games or so. Uh, is Demarius Thomas a tough call for you? I don't think I would classify this as a tough call because we are going to get the answer made or the decision made for us by the Broncos' decision-making and Emmanuel Sanders' health. If Emmanuel Sanders is out and Brock Osweiler is the starting quarterback, and I can't believe I'm saying if Brock Osweiler is the starting quarterback, it's a good thing for someone, <laughs> but it's just factually true. If it's Osweiler in, Sanders out, Thomas is a pretty close to a must-start. If it's Lynch in, I'm probably out on Thomas. Yeah. If it's Osweiler in and Sanders in, that's probably the only way that this is a tough call. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can see that. It's it, the matchup is part of it, though. I mean, at the beginning of the year, Alshon Jeffrey, the Rams receivers, the Raiders receivers, Tyreek Hill, Dez Bryant, three or fewer fantasy points. But lately, Baldwin, Thielen, Diggs, Dez, Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen all scored double-digit fantasy points against the Redskins. Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn had more than 80 receiving yards, so it's just different now. And I don't think Josh Gordon's not gonna, Josh Norman's not gonna shadow him. No, I, I don't really, I'm not factoring the matchup in as a plus or a minus. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving on to AJ Green. AJ Green, is he a tough call for you this week, Heath? Tougher than I'd like to admit. <laughs> I, I have AJ Green ranked as a top 20 wide receiver, but he's 20th. So I, I don't feel great about it. Okay. Green is facing Detroit in his last eight games, three games with double-digit fantasy points in standard, one game with more than 77 yards, four games in his last eight with fewer than 50 yards. Uh, but he does have five touchdowns. A.J. Green, this is. Doesn't get the targets that you'd hope for for a true number one. It's not bad, his targets, but it's not like, you know, it's not elite. I, I would start Mike Wallace over him. Okay. Uh, I think Detroit, yeah, Detroit does not allow a touchdown to a wide receiver in five straight games. Does that mean anything to you? It, the only reason it means something to me, not because I necessarily think Detroit's great at keeping wide receivers out of the end zone, it's because they are so inviting when it comes to their red zone rush defense that teams may go in with the game plan that we can run the ball in on them. Who do you like better as of now, A.J. Green or Demarius Thomas? As of right now, I'm projecting that Brock Osweiler is going to start and Emmanuel Sanders is not, and so I like Demarius Thomas better. Oh, okay. Would you rather start, let's say, Christian McCaffrey or A.J. Green? Uh, I, I think I'd rather start McCaffrey. Okay. Let's look at the Bears and the Browns game. Is Isaiah Crowell a tough call for you? His fantasy points in standard scoring leagues in his last seven games, 15, 15, 1, 10, 4, 13, and 7 fantasy points on 5 carries last week. Uh, the Bears allow the 6 fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, but I, I think this should be a fairly competitive game, and I think you'll get a decent workload from Crowell. So is he a tough call for you? He's a tough call as a flex. I can't imagine that people are in – well, I shouldn't say this, but most people that have hit, count on him as a starting running back are not in the championship. You'd think so, yeah. He is a tough call as a flex. I hate the game script. I don't know that this is a super competitive game because Deshaun Kaiser is not getting better. He's getting worse. And there may be some signs that his wide receivers are kind of tired of trying. <laughs> Already. Uh, well, that's not a good thing. Um, all right. And the Bears have not allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back in five straight games. They allowed a receiving touchdown five games ago. But so it's four four games without a touchdown to a running back, five games in a row without a rushing touchdown. Uh, and this is a home game for the Bears. They usually play better at home. Is Jordan Howard a tough call for you against Cleveland? I I feel a little bit nervous about it, but he's a top 16 running back for me this week. I do think they're going to have a lead. I do think he should get plenty of volume. And I think eventually he breaks loose against Cleveland. They've been really good on a per carry basis. They've had some ups and downs, but eventually teams wear them down and a running back scores a touchdown, it seems like. Yeah, if you look at Howard's carries, and he hasn't had a lot of them over the last like six or seven games. But he got 15 carries against Green Bay, 
15 carries against Detroit. Both those games were close losses for Jordan Howard and the Bears. Seven carries at Philadelphia, blowout loss. You can understand that. 13 carries against San Francisco. They had the ball in that game for 21 minutes, a little bit more than 21 minutes. They beat Cincinnati. He got 23 carries in that game, and then 10 carries at Detroit for Howard when they were trailing much of the game. So this is a running back where game script appears to be very, very important. I think that's I think it's obvious. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. Um, and then you look at uh, at the Browns, and like you said, if if you get the work, should be should be good. But boy, what a letdown for Jordan Howard last week against the Lions. Like it's hard to get that taste out of my mouth. It is, but all you can do, like, we, we can't let emotions come into this decision. We just look at what's <laughs> the most likely thing to happen in week 16 and that's who we start. Would you start, um, Jordan Howard or Deion Lewis? Deion Lewis. You have CJ Anderson ahead of Jordan Howard. Again, assuming that Brock Osweiler plays, I think that they're going to move the ball okay against Washington and I, he's getting all the work. When yeah. you talk about being yeah. worried about a guy's touches, C.J. Anderson's Mr. 20 touches now. All right, how about DeMarco Murray going up against the Rams? Murray got 18 carries last week, and the Rams allow – they now allow the eighth most fantasy points to opposing running backs because Mike Davis only scored three last week. But going into that game, I think they were allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs. Uh, is DeMarco Murray a tough call for you? I feel a little bit better about Murray than I did the last couple of weeks. I've got him as a borderline top 20 guy. Um, I do like him more than Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell. It's a tough call, yes. But it's a pretty good matchup against the Rams. And despite what we all think, that Derrick Henry should be the starting running back and get the majority of the work, Tennessee does not feel that way. This does not look like a game where the Titans will have a lead in the fourth quarter where Murray disappears and they just give all the carries to Henry. It looks more like a game where they'll be chasing the score, and so he should be more involved in the passing game. You hope so. He's not doing much in the passing game lately. Uh, in his last three games, he has a combined five catches for 30 yards to Marco Murray. And this has been a pretty good area of the Rams' defense. They've been pretty good against pass-catching running backs, except for Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Ivory, and Alvin Kamara. Otherwise, no receivers had more than 34 yards. No running backs had more than 34 receiving yards. Um, all right, would you start Jordan Howard and Isaiah Crowell over Murray? I would start Howard and Murray. Over Crowell. Okay. Yes. Uh Murray or AJ Green? That'll probably come down to format. I'll go Murray and Standard, Green and PPR. Murray or Keelan Cole in PPR? Murray over Cole. Is Dak Prescott a tough call for you going up against Seattle? I'm just sitting him. Let me tell you though, I just think he's gonna be better with Ezekiel Elliott. I think he I think they they are a much better team with with Zeke. And I know that you're very concerned about volume, and I get that. But he actually threw the ball more with Ezekiel Elliott than he did in these last six games for whatever reason. That's true. And he was the number se- – Prescott was the number seven quarterback in fantasy last season. Um, and if you take away the eight passes he threw in week 17, he averaged 21.4 fantasy points per game on 30.6 pass attempts per game. Not a high-volume guy. Yeah, I I think everybody gets better with Zeke back. What do you think? Well, and this is something that just kind of popped into my head. Because, no, I agree he should be more efficient with Zeke back. He's been just awful in five out of six games without him, so I can't imagine he'll be worse. I don't know how I feel about the volume situation. And I wonder, what weeks did Sean Lee miss? Oh, I will tell you that right now, sir. I, I'm going to try to pull it up right now because I feel like the reason he was throwing more earlier in the year is because their defense was awful. He missed weeks 4 and 5 and 11, 12, 13. So 4, okay, well, the so 4 no. and 5 part makes sense. Those were the two games where he threw 36 passes and two of— Well, look who he faced, the Rams and the Packers. Right. You know, two high-scoring teams. Uh, so you're not starting Dak. I'm not starting Dak. Okay. Uh, how about Ben Roethlisberger at Houston? Is Ben Roethlisberger a tough call for you? He's not for me. He is for Dave. Um, we're going. I, I was. I would guess tomorrow we'll have a nice discussion about Ben Roethlisberger. But I get the concerns about No Antonio Brown. I get the concerns about him being on the road. Houston is awful against quarterbacks. 
against the pass. They're just dreadful. So I, I've dropped Ben just a little bit because I'm, I'm trying to find some way to, to not have him in my top two. Cause that's where I started out with him. I've Whoa. got him at fifth now. Really? I didn't know you were that high on him. It's just really how worse is the receiving core of Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith Schuster, and Martavis Bryant than your average receiving core? I'm more concerned about just the road thing with him, you know? I know. I know. It's just weird because he's had great matchups on the road this year. He scored 21 fantasy points at Indianapolis, 21 fantasy points at Cincinnati on 40 pass attempts, and what stands out about the Cincinnati game is that was in the midst of his, like, 35 fantasy points every week stretch on 40 or more pass attempts, yet the one road game, he only scored 21. Uh, it's just weird. And last year he averaged like, Ben averaged like 16 points a game on the road in six point per passing touchdown leagues. So it, yeah. it is strange. Uh, yeah. I, I would have him number one if he was at home. Yeah. Against this man. Oh, if he were at home, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, 100%. Even without Brown? Uh, you know, I agree with you. But he, so, he, you know, he had thrown 40 or more pass attempts in like four or five games in a row, four straight games. Only threw 30 last week against the Patriots. Is that because Brown got hurt and they went to a more run-heavy game plan? Bell had 24 carries, it's most since week 10. I thought they were just trying to keep Tom Brady off the field. Po- very possible, but then maybe they do that with T.J. Yates, Heath. Uh, well, that's 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 possible. <laughs> um, I, I'm starting Ben. I I trust the talent. His weapons and the matchup enough to overlook the other stuff. You're still going Ben over Foles. I'm still going Ben over Foles. I thought I was really high on Foles until I saw that Dave and Jamie both had him in the top five quarterbacks this week. <laughs> uh, you do have Stafford one spot ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. Um, okay. Great. Yeah, that make, it makes sense. I mean, it's a, it's a great matchup for Matthew Stafford. All right, let's do some emails here. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll read some listener questions and then hear from Pete Prisco. This is from Nick in San Francisco. Well, I guess we can't really discuss this right now, but can you please discuss why Dave and Jamie are so low on the Bears DST? Well, I don't know. I mean, Dave's got him 11th. Jamie has him 7th. Heath has him 4th. So, and, and, and Nick says Sportsline has them by uh, number one by a good margin. Yeah, I noticed um, in one of my leagues, I was a 17-point favorite yesterday when I looked at the scoring preview, and I looked at it today, and I'm favored by two. I was like, what happened? They picked up the Bears, your opponent? They picked up the Bears. <laughs> the Bears in that league are projected to score 22 fantasy points. So actually, we should probably talk about what's coming up with Sportsline with podcasting, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. If you like daily fantasy sports... We are about to launch the Sportsline Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast. And Heath and I are going to be on it, along with Mike McClure, who works for Sportsline and does projections and does a ton of daily fantasy and is awesome at it. And we're going to do it five days a week. That's the plan. And it's going to be awesome. It could launch as soon as today. We are going to let you know. Um, but this is a new podcast that it'll be quicker. You know, it'll be like probably a 25, 30 minute podcast. We'll just give you some lineups, give you some game breakdowns for DFS, a lot of NBA, finish up on NFL and, uh, get into baseball. But yeah, uh, this is going to be great. And if you like daily fantasy, we're going to give you the best daily fantasy podcast. There you go. It'll be called the sports line, daily fantasy sports podcast. All right. This is from John. Hey, Troy, Abed and Jeff. Community, community. Never, never watched it. Good show. What were the shows that you recommended to our listener on Twitter the other day? Um, Ozark. Yeah. Very good show. Okay. Bloodline. Uh-huh. It's a, a show actually based in the Florida Keys. Okay. Another very good show. Um, Life in Pieces, uh, CBS show. It's hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, The Blacklist. And they're on Netflix? Um, Life in Pieces is on CBS. Right. Other than that. The Blacklist is an NBC show, I believe, that is now on Netflix. I see. And then the other two are Netflix originals. I see. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't Why is know it so that. funny to you? Was because, because I said, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh man, I saw Heath recommend those shows and I was like, oh, Heath wants you to watch commercials. Get on Netflix. And you're like, three of those shows are on Netflix. That I was no funny. idea. All right. Here's the question from John. Pick a quarterback, Brady or Goff? Brady. 
And pick two in PPR. Deion Lewis, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Jordy Nelson, Carlos Hyde, Chris Hogan. Lewis, Evans, yep. Woods, Nelson, Hyde, Hogan. I'm assuming Deshaun Jackson and O.J. Howard are both out. That really helped Mike Ev- Evans uh, after that happened last week. So I will say Lewis and Evans. <sighs> okay, Lewis over Robert Woods? Yes. In PPR? Yes. Sure. <laughs> okay. Lewis it is. Irfan from Chicago. PPR start two. Crabtree, Gordon, Woods, Shepard. Crabtree, Gordon, Woods, Shepard. Again, th- these always come with the caveat of who we're expecting to play and not play. I don't expect Amari Cooper, so Crabtree is number one for me out of this group. Um... It's a coin flip for me between Robert Woods and Sterling Shepard, but I do have Shepard ranked higher. Okay. This is Jeff from Littlestown, PA. Start three. Zeke, Hunt, Kamara, Ingram. Ah. That is amazing. I am sitting Kareem Hunt. Oh, okay. This is from Chris. I wanted to share my wife's crazy luck with you. I created an eight-team family league four years ago, and my wife has won every year. I've never told her who to draft or pick up. I only give her my brief expectation for games when she asks. Anyway, in week 14, she survived Brady and Landry on Monday night to beat my uncle by one and a half points. This gave her the final playoff spot and a matchup against the same uncle in the first round of the playoffs. Well, she needed 30 points on Monday from Devontae Freeman. He scored 31 points in our league. She defeated our uncle by one point again. Her luck is insane. I'm kind of hoping she loses in the finals so the family will still want to keep playing. Uh, bonus question, Josh Gordon or Mike Evans? Chris, you know who talks about luck? Not the person that's won three state titles. <laughs> Your wife is extremely talented, it sounds like. And I would start Evans over Gordon. All right, Dar- uh, this is from Mike in Parsippany. I don't know what, where that is. Dear Jeremy, John, Gloria, and Claire. Yeah, so I looked this up last night because I, I was like, who is this modern family, Gloria and Claire, but there's no Jeremy and John. Oh, it's Wedding Crashers. It's Wedding Crashers. You've seen that movie, right? Yeah. Very funny movie. Start one. Latavius, Joe Mixon if he plays, Kerwin Williams, or Jonathan Stewart? Latavius. Eric in California. Dear Jack, Sally, and Zero. You don't know any uh, of I, these, huh? I have no idea, and there's not three of us here, so I don't know who you're talking to. Jack, Sally, and Zero. We'll look it up. I guess I'm Jack. You're Sally, and Dave and Jamie are Zeros for not being there here. There you go. Jack, Sally, and Zero are from The Nightmare Before Christmas. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Start two. Uh, PBR. Demarius, Crabtree, P. Ryan, Ajayi, Agalor. Right now I would say Demarius and Crabtree. Matt from San Diego. I lost my semifinal by .1. Woke up the next morning to a stat correction in my favor. I won by .04. What an emotional roller coaster. So, start three in PPR. Allen, Golden Tate, Diggs, Gordon, Funches, Duke Johnson. I'm going to go Allen, Tate, and Gordon. What about Funches? Does he get back in the uh, swing of things this week? I'm a little bit worried about Funches. He's more of a flex for me. I, I do think he'll – I expect that he will be third in terms of uh, the target order behind Olsen and McCaffrey. Okay. Here's a question from Brian. Dear Trent, Marquise, Kendrick, and Lewis. Those are all 49ers wide receivers. They sure are. Should I start both Juju and Martavis in the same lineup this week? Well, that would depend on who your other choices are. You have no idea. What do you think about the idea in general? I feel like I feel like if you do that, you're guaranteed to have at least one very good receiver this week. Well, you're not guaranteed anything because Ben could be Ben and not throw a touchdown pass on the road. Nah, I mean, he'll still throw one. But I do not – If here's the way that I, I treat this situation. Them being on the same team is not going to affect who I'm going to choose to start. If they are my two best receivers, I am going to start both of them. Start three wide receivers from Ryan and Green Bay. Three of these. Michael Thomas, Doug Baldwin, A.J. Green, Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, I'm going to say to bench A.J. Green, aren't I? Over Juju? You'd start Juju? I like Juju a lot. All right, all right. And last one, I have no name for this. Start two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex. So two running backs. McCoy, Ingram, Lewis, Hyde, Ajayi. McCoy, Ingram, Lewis, Hyde, Ajayi. I'm going to start McCoy, Ingram, and Lewis. He's your flex? 
Yeah. Over Green, Evans, Demarius Thomas, Crowder, and Mike Wallace. Pick two of those. Green, Evans, Demarius Thomas, Crowder, and Wallace. Uh, I assume this is the championship. Yep. So all that matters is this week. Yep. So I'm going to drop a Jai for Mike Wallace, who is on waivers. Uh-huh. And, um... Are you starting Evans and Wallace? I believe I am. And Deion Lewis as your flex. Yeah. Alrighty. Heath, thank you. You're, you are relieved of your duties, sir. Let's hear from Pete Prisco. What do you say? That sounds great. Can't wait to hear what Pete has to say. Alright, interesting interview coming up. Uh, I already teased it earlier, so here's Pete Prisco, and we'll be back on Thursday. Start or sit, AFC home games. Alright, we are now joined by Pete Prisco. You can hear him on the Pick 6 podcast, which is hilarious. Pete is the senior NFL columnist for CBS Sports. He also does a radio show in Jacksonville with Tony Baselli, who teaches Pete everything Pete knows about football. No, Pete, welcome, welcome. What's up, Pete? How you doing, man? By the way, I, that's for a six foot seven, former three hundred and thirty pound guy. He's probably down to about two eighty now. I can get under his skin quicker than you can say Adam Azer. I yeah. mean, I get it's like name people, somebody whose skin you can't get. Yeah, you get under no, him. Skin. I get. I mean, he he's like it's like easy and <laughs> it's all in fun because he actually plays along with it. Uh huh. He gets mad and people. I'll walk around town and they'll go, "Oh my god." You get Baselli so angry. <laughs> I go, it's all. Well, but that's also what happens on the Pick Six podcast, which is the most lively NFL talk podcast that I've ever heard. We it have is, fun. It is so ridiculous. We have fun. We yeah. go nuts. I mean, it we is. we get we go off tangents and everything else. Yeah. And you know, sometimes we go way off, and I want to bring it back to football, but that, we have fun with it. it right. It's, I mean, like Will Brinson said, Wellington. I don't know if you guys heard that, but he said Wellington. Uh, Mara. Mara. Right. And so Mara. we, me and Nick went through a whole spiel on him mis, mispronouncing every, every name you can imagine. And I mean, come on. It's Mara. Right, yeah, right. Come on, man. That's pretty bad. You're supposed to know this stuff, but like a lot of NFL podcasts and not fantasy podcasts because I don't listen to those, but the NFL ones that I listen to are very boring or they're very snooty or they think that they know everything. I don't think you guys even pretend to know everything. You just go, go in, you have fun. And it's people who have been around the NFL for a long time. You, you've been around. How long have you been covering the NFL? Uh, right? It's got to. I sounded like uh, Doug Marone. On that. <laughs> uh, 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 like 15, 20 years. Well, this will. I went no more. We have more Super Bowls no, or years that you, you've been around since the first Super Bowl, right? No, yeah, yeah. Me, I interviewed Lombardi on the field that day. <laughs> no, it was me. It was my first Super Bowl. Was you know what my first Super Bowl was? This is how long ago it was. The 49ers got fifty-five points. And they were in the locker room after the game screaming, we got the speed limit. We got the speed <laughs> limit because the speed limit was 55 yep. back then. It was yep. 1989. It was the 49ers destroyed the Broncos. That was wow. my first Super Bowl. So I think I've been to, what does that make me, thir- 28 Super Bowls, yeah. I think. It's 29. That's wow. fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. So you've been to a lot. Jason obviously has been around the league long for time, almost another, his you know, entire decade career. decade and a half. Yeah. yeah, sure. Will and Nick are certainly guys that know what they're doing. So, yeah, the podcast is a ton of fun. All right, cool. Let's uh let's talk football here. So Pete obviously it covers uh, well, he's very familiar with the Jacksonville Jaguars and they're a hot topic right now and you got Blake Bortles and Jimmy Garoppolo, two quarterbacks who are, you know, waiver wire guys. Bortles is a lot more owned than that now. Jaguars obviously have the best defense in the NFL and the Niners not close to that. But what are you seeing from Bortles? Is he trash like Jadevion Jadevion Clowney said or is there real growth here and a reason to believe in him? No, there's real growth and reason to believe in him, but there's a reason for it. And I went through the stats in the last three games and, and figured out how many times. It's something I've preached on that show on my on the Monday show with Tony, and he'll he'll admit to it. I've been saying you got to let him throw in early downs, let him dictate tempo. He's a different guy. When you go run, run pass, and he throws an interception, he goes into the jar, he goes off the ledge. Or and then I, how many times in the green room do I say, here comes a Bortles throw that's yep. going way out of yep. bounds or something because sure. he doesn't know how to regroup. Well, they've allowed him. He's thrown on half of his first down plays in the last three games in the first three quarters. That's something they weren't doing. And he, okay, here's another stat. 31 points in, when it, by the time it was 31-7 the other day, of the 31 points, 24 came off of drives that started with a pass. Of his five longest pass plays in the last three games, the 75-yarder, the 73-yarder, 41-yarder, four of them have come on first down throws. 
He's a different quarterback when they allow him to be. And so I think they will continue to do that. My only concern is once they get to the playoffs, will they decide, oh, we're gonna they're gonna go back to being the run first team <laughs> right. and, and then, let the and then play defense. Bring it home. They gotta let him let him play. But that's why he's playing better. And his completion percentage in his last three games, seventy four percent, sixty six percent, seventy two percent. That's impressive for Blake Bortles. How about this? Yards per attempt, last three games. This is in order. Eight point eight. 9.9, and then last week against Houston, 11.2 yards per pass attempt. Now, a lot of that has to do with yak. And that's just how it is. But but that's what's helping Jacksonville become this great passing offense, and it's what's making Blake Bortles' numbers pop. He's got speedy receivers who are making plays. There's no doubt that D.D. Westbrook has played a role in Bortles' improved numbers. And the fact that he's passing on first down, completing a higher percentage of passes in general is because of that unpredictability factor that you're talking about. Well, They're and, not running it on first down and, every single time. And Tony Baselli made a point. He talked to Andre Ware, who does the color commentary for um, the Texans, and, and Andre came to him and said, oh, my gosh, your team is fast. Yeah. And that was a problem for them. But J. Don Mickens can fly. So can Keely Cole. Cole can fly. Right. And Westbrook can run. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden, now you went from having Allen Robinson who can't run, right. Allen Hearns who can't run, and Marquis Lee who's pretty quick, and all of a sudden now you got a fast team. I want to shift our focus to another game on Sunday. It's Seattle at Dallas. We'll get Ezekiel Elliott back for the Cowboys. Now, I want to remind everyone we're recording this interview on Tuesday morning, so there's going to be a lot of news that breaks between now and then. As of Tuesday, you know, they, Jason Garrett said he didn't know uh, between now and Wednesday, I mean, when you hear this interview, but he didn't know what Ezekiel Elliott's role would be. But I, I do want to talk about Dak Prescott coming off a disappointing fantasy game at Oakland. And I thought Jared Goff, Pete, I thought Jared Goff was going to have a good game last week because I just don't buy the, uh, the Seattle secondary anymore. I think I think they're beatable. They went on the road and got got destroyed by uh, by Bortles. And now here's Dallas hosting Seattle. Do you think Dak Prescott is set up for success? Do you think Des Bryant is set up for success in this game? No, I think the run game is set up for success. Remember, a couple years ago, even when Seattle was really good against the run, Dallas went up there and pushed them around, remember? And in the fourth quarter, they bullied them yep. a little bit with their line. Mm-hmm. And their line is good enough you know, to push people around. So I think Seattle has problems inside. You know, Richardson's a good up the field rusher and Jaron Reed has been a disappointment inside. I think they're going to be able to run it. And I think Elliott, you know, it's one thing he's, people keep showing pictures of him all ripped up and everything. It's one thing to be in shape. It's another thing to be in football shape. He has a, I mean, same with Le'Veon Bell. Remember when Bell came back from his injury? Everybody, oh, he's going to be fine. He's in great shape. No, he wasn't in football shape. So I want to see how much in terms of football shape he's in. But if he's in football shape, they're going to run. Is that what you look? That what you look like in high school, Pete? What's that? That what you look like in high school? Who me? Yeah. No. No, High school in the fifties when I went in the (laughs) fifties. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) No. No. Uh, Look, he is. Let's be honest. He was fat early in the season. Yeah. Elliot was fat early in the season. I'll say it. Nobody else will, but I will. He was fat. And and unlike everybody else who's involved with football or fat ball. He's gotten leaner during the season. Yes. I mean, take a look at the – next time you watch a Raiders game, by the way, take a look at the Oakland Raiders offensive linemen to tell me how fat they've gotten during the season. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think this is an Elliott game. I'll be honest with you. I think you're going to run the ball. Okay. How can it not be after what Gurley did last week? Yeah. Huge blueprint that was laid out. Uh, I'd like to take you to New England. And Tom Brady, who fantasy owners have come to know and love, two touchdowns, three interceptions – four interceptions in his last three games. What's going on there? Do you think that he could be? No, don't dare you say it. I don't, don't even say it. I won't say it. You know who went there? Will Brinson went there once. I go, don't say, don't. I don't want to say it either, but, and and listen, he had a nice game against Pittsburgh. He just didn't have nice stats against Pittsburgh. He came close to 300 yards, only had the one touchdown. Fantasy owners expect huge numbers from Tom Brady game after game. Why isn't it happening? Well, he's also on consecutive road games off of Monday Third night. Or that's one. tough to do. Yep. I mean, that that's brutal. And here's what you got to know about Tom. The third down's been a problem for the Patriots lately. He's been having problems on third down. That that's a concern. But when he had the drive, he drove. Mm-hmm. So the, it's still there. Yeah. I mean, wait, Gronk, 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 Gronk. What do you have? Sixty nine yards on that drive, yep. Gronk. Nice, nice drive. And and Sean Davis was. In man coverage the entire time. What Pittsburgh was doing on that, I have no idea. You gotta take him away and let somebody else beat you. But yeah, I think Brady will be, look, this is the week he gets back going again. The only problem with that is the Bills can't stop the run. So this way, I know. And we've seen Belichick play the Bills where he's throwing the ball 
50 times and not run it. Right. This might be one of those games where he decides, let me just win the game and I'll run the ball 50 right. times a game. Which is what I thought would happen uh, against Buffalo last week. I thought that – or I'm sorry. That's what I thought the Patriots would do last week against Pittsburgh, and they didn't. They ended up passing a decent amount of the time. I almost think that it's like coded into McDaniel's DNA now that he just has to throw it tons and tons, and he doesn't have to. So that that's they something also haven't had their their weapons together. Right? Gronk missed. Duke Hogan's been out. Right. I mean, it's been you know guys have been off and on. I once they if they have a healthy Hogan, Gronk, and, and Cooks, then I think you can really evaluate Brady. And and and, and oh by the way, the right that. tackles hurt too. And he's a good player. He's not playing anymore. So Are, that that hurts. Them. Do you like anything about the Buffalo pass defense? Well, they got some player, young they, they, players. I know they've got some good players. They're young though, and, and I think the safeties are going to be. They both have had decent seasons, both mm-hmm. of them. You know, Gronk's, them up, huh? Gronk's just going to destroy them. Gronk he has, should has Gronk absolutely kill killed Buffalo in his career. Every time they play him, he kills them. And he is what 180 yards away now from 5.5 million dollars. Is that what it is? They're, they're going to get him that yardage. Yeah, well, they're going to get him that yardage. He's, he'll have two games because they'll probably have to play the last right. week of the season, so he'll get it. Yeah, look for. I think. I'm just concerned that if they run the ball in this game. But you never know I've with got Belichick. Deion Lewis on my team. I well, here's, here's what you never know with Belichick, though. He's hearing all this stuff about Brady, too. Mm-hmm. So he might say, oh, normally I would run the ball. We're going to beat him either way. So let's get our passing game back going again and let Brady throw it around. You mm-hmm. don't know how he's going to, you don't know how he's going to act. No, it's true. Pete, uh, we'll let you go in a second, but what do you think about Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? Just hasn't really been them, been there. You're for gonna them take off year. my restraints and let me go? Is that what you're gonna do? Because is that what? I, it's I, almost bed, it's almost bedtime for you, man. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> I, I sleep less than you do, you little old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you say about Matt Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's just been a it's been a tough year for Matt Ryan and for Julio Jones. What, what's your take on them? I think Julio's hurt. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I, I think after the season, you're gonna hear somebody come out and say. That screw in his foot, uh, is a bit of a problem. He's gonna have to re, re, redo it again. Because that can always happen, you know, and, and when I talked to him, he, he said, you know, the screw in the foot never bothered him. It was when they took the, took the skin off the side or the muscle off the side of his hip that bothered him more than anything. But wow. I think that's, I think his foot's bothered him. He doesn't look like, he doesn't play with the same suddenness anymore. It, it's, he's not as, he looks slow. And he's not heavy. He just looks slow. It feels like he's limping off the field at least once a game. Yeah, I think there's going to be something after the season. Plus, they don't do a very good job of getting him the football. And, and when he's get getting the football, he dropped it. He should have caught that one yeah. ball, deep ball last yep. night. And and on the other side, I think they haven't been into a rhythm at all for whatever reason. There's been a bunch of little things happening. The right tackle was hurt early in the season. Um, that that really hurt them because he's a good player. Schrader's a good yep. player. People don't know, but he's a very good player. Then, then you know, you had him get hurt. Then you had Sanu miss time. You had Set Coleman go out. You had Freeman go out. Levitre. And, and Levitre. So you haven't had a rhythm there. I still think it's there for them. Now, if they get in the playoffs, they might be one of the most dangerous wildcard teams going. It's really true. So I, I do think it's – and it's a big week this week against New Orleans, obviously. Right. And and that Saints defense is, is much better than it's been. But they gave a little uh, – gave they were a little concerning last week against the Jets. I, I think this is a spot – they probably both were looking ahead. You know, I told I told uh, Nick this last night. Teams that play on Monday night, mm-hmm. they've already started. If they have a big game the next week, they've yeah. put a ton of work into that game already. Yeah, because it's such a short week. You get back at you know in the in wee hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. You're already on the Tuesday. Right. So, I think that was a little bit what happened on Monday night. I think they'll be ready for the for the Saints this week. And really, like, Matt Ryan struggled a little bit this year, but he's still having a year that's better than his career norms. He's at 7.8 yards per attempt. He's at 65% completion. He just doesn't have the touchdowns. He's just not having what he did last year. Well, well he never was. No, no, no the, la- the last two games have been pretty bad for him. The Saints and the Bucks game. He, he played poorly. Is that fair to well, say? He was, it was bad last night. He was bad last night. But, but you could also flip it around and say if Julio hauls in the, the 60 yarder. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, that would have He should have caught it. All right, Pete, if the Jaguars go to Foxborough in the AFC playoffs, how many points do the Patriots score? 21. I got my answer. 21. Uh, lower. Lower? Lower. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll go 38. Yeah, I think they kill him. I think they <laughs> oh, I don't think him. you're going to get 38. <laughs> Look, you've got to remember, in the history of Tom Brady, the one thing that's been a kryptonite for him has been good pass rushes. Mm-hmm. And you look at look at the games he lost, the Ravens in, in New England, they oh. could rush the passer. The Giants, obviously, in both Super Bowls, could rush the passer. When the Broncos beat him with Von Miller and gang, they destroyed him in that playoff game because they could rush the passer. Jacksonville can rush the passer. The only concern with Jacksonville's pass rush I have is 
they don't have that Mike Strahan, Von Miller guy. They got a bunch of good ones, but they don't have that guy. Right. And usually in the fourth quarter of a big game like that, you need that guy to go get sack, fumble, game over. 38, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you are absolutely out of your mind. I was just trying to get you riled up. You've no, been, that you've, defense. You've is, been a little that, bit quiet. That defense is special. It, it really I is. agree. Again, though, and I picked it, nitpicked it last night on that show is because they called me out for it, but they don't have that guy. And usually the great defenses, they usually have, you know, the Bears back at the, the 85 Bears. Of course. They had great guys up front, but the Richard Dent was that right, guy. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and so I think that that's a concern. Although Ngagwe's getting there, but I, he, come on. Ngagwe isn't that guy. No, he's not that guy, but he's going to be that guy down the road. He's just not there yet. He might, he's got, he's got real pass rush potential. Azer, what? how many do you think they're going to score? Uh, you know, the Seattle put up a pretty big number against them, so I just think... That was two busts in the fourth quarter! Alright, but it happened. About? I mean, it's a team that's played like one of the worst schedules you've ever seen. I know they're a great defense, but they go to Foxborough, they're getting killed. It might be what a defensive the Rams touchdown. Here, aren't the Rams the best offensive team in the league? I would, I would still take the Patriots over the Rams in, in the AFC now, who's Championship Who's the highest game? scoring offense in the league right now? It's probably the Rams. Go look at what the Rams did to the Jacksonville when they went there. Uh, uh, no, I mean they had two special teams touchdowns. They did, they did. So they'll probably be one of those and a pick six. I don't know. I just, I to just give, hey, look, it's I'm experience. As talented as anybody that team. I in the in the preseason, I thought they'd be lucky to win three games. They were awful in the preseason. Mm-hmm. They couldn't block anybody. They couldn't hit the quarterback. They did. Bortles was a disaster. He got benched. Remember? So I was. I'm astounded that they're as good as they are right now. To be honest with you, and. But I will say this: Be careful this week in San Francisco. Yeah, no. Yeah, you think they're going to have trouble with the Niners? Traditionally, the team that has a lot of trouble on the West Coast, and the only thing that helps them is Tennessee lost. Because if Tennessee didn't lose, and then Tennessee won this week, mm-hmm. these two games would mean nothing. Because Jacksonville plays Tennessee next week, and Tennessee so right. that game would win the sure. division. So now it means something. If they win, they win the division, and the Tennessee game doesn't mean anything. Right. So, it, so they that'll get help them get a little week. more. If it didn't mean anything, I think they would have had a chance. To I, lose that game. I don't know if the 49ers can put up enough points. Their run game is terrible right now, and Garoppolo's been great, but I don't know if he can find the end zone. You can find field goals. That's right. easy. But they struggled at Arizona a few weeks ago, so it's Pete's point. West Coast trip. Uh, it could be tough. Pete, uh, thank you. I hope you can finally take my advice this off season and uh, finish The Shield, because it is the best show ever, And uh, other than Pick 6. And thank you very much, Pete. It's good to All have right, you. All right, guys.